Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Celtic by the Hour, the most bitter show in the podcast game. As we get ready to embark on a new era under the Aussie Guardiola and Postacoglu, Celtic by the Hour will be providing you with, with regular podcasts featuring a vast rotation of guests who will slowly begin to lose their minds as the Premiership title moves far and far away from our grasp. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and joining me on our first episode are James McDonough, Reese Ferguson and Lewis McLeod. So let's get right into it. Uh, we'll start, I mean, I say we start, we're basically just going to talk about last night's absolute clusterfuck that was Mitchell and 2 at Celtic 1. Uh, an hour before the game, teams come out and no real changes other than Scott Bain in for Vasilis Barkas. Without letting uh, last night influence your thinking here, I'll, I'll start with you, James. Were you happy with the decision or would you rather have started Barkas? Not at all. Um, Scott Bain's proven time and time again over the last three years that he's not a number one. He's a backup at best and I don't even think he's that good. Um, that's not me saying that I think that Barkas is much better, but we've seen it time and time again last year with rotating goalkeepers. It just doesn't work. None, none of the three are good enough. I'm, I'm off the back Barkas train now. I just can't really get behind the guy anymore. Yeah. But... I'd, I'd rather have him in goal than Scott Bain. At the, at the very least, he's got some European experience, and just I don't, I don't really see the point because we know that they're both shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, not as if it's not, it's not like exactly. I just, I don't, I don't see the hype around that certain people have around Scott Bain as though he's some sort of better alternative to who we've already got in the club. To be honest, I think generally, I think the hype is that Scott Bain. The only reason people want him is that he's not for Silas Barkas. That's the only reason I can think of. Because when we had uh, Craig Gordon, I think Craig Gordon actually ended up being third choice behind Scott Bain somehow. But under Forster, also Forster was brilliant, but nobody ever talked about Scott Bain. Nobody wanted Scott Bain ever on a select top. And just to open this up, does anyone here prefer Bain to Barkas? Or is it no. pretty unanimous? No, I don't know if I'd say I prefer him, but. I just don't know what it is. There's something about Barkas, like I want to love him, but I just feel as if I can't. All of last season, I was on the, uh, I was backing Barkas, and I say I still am, but with the disclaimer that I'm only backing Barkas until we sign a new goalkeeper. And as soon as we get that, it's just a new toy. I'm done with Barkas. <laughs> it's, it's the It's like what I did with Schwed when the Abada came in. I'm just I'm totally done with him in the hand. But for now. Hopefully he becomes a keeper. We know he can be a good keeper. We saw him at Athens, uh, but some misleading clips, it seems like. But hopefully he does well. And I think with the system Ange plays, he likes a keeper that's good with his feet. And the argument against Barca says, OK, maybe he's good with his feet, but you'd rather a keeper that's good with his hands. Scott Bain isn't good with his feet or his hands. And I, I'm not sure how he's a goalkeeper, to be honest. Um, but The, the only... The only point I can remember where like people were really getting behind Bain was when he came on loan nearly four years ago and he had that game, I think it was the 3-2 at Ibrox where he made, he made some decent saves when uh, Gordon was out injured. But aside yeah, from that... Well, like, the first one at the end of the game, the one people bring yeah. up. <laughs> that was more Marek. <laughs> Shite than Bain being yeah, exact, good. Exact, exactly, but we saw the year after when Gordon was injured for a lot of that season as well. He was never good enough. He was just there because there was no one else who was... Either Craig Gordon was injured or there was no one else in the squad who was really good enough. And I know. Very much. And, as, and as soon as Foster came in, Bain never got a look in again. Yeah. It's very much like Griffiths. 
in a way where people just rely on that 40-goal season. A lot of people rely on that 3-2 game to show he's a good keeper when there's countless right. other evidence that he's shite. <laughs> oh, there'll be... Like, that double deal of uh, Scott Bain and Jack Hendry coming in from Dundee will go down as history. Darkest timeline for Celtic Football Club. The red, the red flags were there. Neil McCann didn't want him. Like, when Neil McCann doesn't want you, why is Celtic going after him? That we, is... sit around wonder, we sit around and wonder why Brendan Rodgers left. <laughs> yeah. I know. You can, have your, you can have your opinion over the way he left, but I think his reasoning for leaving the club, I don't re- really I think, think it's questionable anymore. I, I, think, I, I think current managers, well, something about Ange and Morton is a terrifying prospect that's becoming more realistic by the day. And I'd rather yeah. not lose him. It seems like every day there's a story in the paper about him saying, oh, the board don't seem to know how unprepared we are. The board doesn't seem to know how many signs we need. How long is it going to be until he say, it says the board needs to fuck off? It's getting to that, that stage. And I want to back Don Mackay, but I feel like he's got to take some responsibility here. I know he's new, but we need more signs in, particularly defensively, and we're just not getting them. But we'll move on to the actual game. Uh, of course, just in the lineup, Dane Murray, 18 years old, starting because Neil Beaton is a nutcase. But into the game, uh, first half, not much really went on. Uh, but what I did notice, and I noticed in the first leg, Celtic, it seemed like every time a corner gets received against them, a free kick, you just feel like it's going to go in. We've got a really short team. Nobody's good in the air. And Michelin seemed to try and expose that. Uh, every corner they got, they'd have about four men crowding around Scott Bain. And you just got the, the absolute fear every time I did it of somebody to really work on. Um, but yeah, anyone got any thoughts in the first half? Because there wasn't much in it, I don't think. I actually missed it. I was at work, so I'm kind of fucking kind of glad I missed it, to be quite honest, because as I've heard, there's nothing that's really happened. But I caught the rest of the game from about 60 minutes on. I watched it walking back to the car from work and I just don't really know why I've done it, to be honest. I just put myself in a bad mood. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so, yeah, no no at half-time. Of course, still one each one aggregate. And then in the 48th minute, we get a corner and it comes out to kill McGregor. And it's like 2016 all over again. The, the guys tried to go for the Puskas Award here. If you kiss it down and on the half volley, it goes... Right into the top corner, and we were one nothing against Mitchell. And everything was plain sailing. Everything was great. Uh, Lewis, I go to you. Did you think we were going to hold on to this lead, or did you think it was still in danger of us losing? I, I think nowadays, when it comes to Celtic, I don't think you can be that confident anymore. You just know that something's going to happen when we've got a def- the defence that we're playing. You just know that something could happen. They could bring on a quick player and it's just going to fuck them, they're just going to outpace the defence or somebody's going to make a mistake and really that is sort of just what happened isn't it, like you want to have the confidence in the squad but I don't think the confidence is there in between the players themselves, I just don't think, I think they know that the way they're playing just isn't good enough and yeah. the board isn't backing them and bringing in better players and stuff like that and I think the whole morale and the environment in the club right now is very, very toxic and just isn't great for anyone. And that's probably why you see people like Eddie Howe not coming to Celtic. That's why you see Brendan Rodgers leaving. That's why you see all these players that we're meant to be signing for is not signing and just falling short just because of basically 
how we are ran really as a, a club. And it's just, it's getting to the point where it just sort of gets you on your nerves now because you're really, really wanting to give your all to this club. And it's obviously something that we all support and we have probably for the majority of our life. But you just sit here sometimes and you you really are thinking, what's the point anymore? Because it just really, it's just getting, it's getting to the point now where you just like, is anything going to change? Or are these people that fucking are running the club are just going to sit there and be like, do you know what? We'll just keep doing what we're doing because, well... Fuck no, keep doing what they're doing, but there must be some reason for it. And uh, I think they're just going to end up fucking running us into the ground, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, I mean, I can tell from the start, we are not going to be getting any fan media calls. Uh, I said to get interview where this is going, but I, I mean, as we said, uh, you talk about a lack of preparation. Um, we've went into a Champions League qualifier with a back four of per the average age of about 14. I, it's not like. I'm I'm sorry. I don't care how big this so-called rebuild is. Why defenders weren't our first weren't our first priority? I know we've got Starfield in now. wasn't available for this game, but are still not over the line. We still don't hundred percent know that's happening. What what was going through the minds of Don McKay? Apparently, Dermot Desmond is dealing for transfers. That's a whole new ball game. Fuck. Um. Me. Um. Uh, so I don't know what our plan was, but I mean, back to the game. Uh, it just goes downhill from here, really. James Forrest, uh, some great play. Uh, Edward is brilliant. And Edward, he, we'll probably come on to him later. He hadn't had a great game, but he does brilliantly. And then he turns it into David Turnbull. Turnbull, brilliant uh, pass to slip in James Forrest, who really should make it 2-0. And he doesn't. It goes wide. And straight after that, uh, Michigan score. Um Mabil with a header. Should Scott Bain do better here? I just think there wasn't much he could do. Yeah, I'll go to you, Brice. I think it, I think it needs to do better. I, it feels like he does the same with Barkas with the, the pre-tech. It feels like he throws his hands away. They're like, what a header you've got to put up, uh, your hands up. But it also relies on that defence. That defence isn't tall enough. Somebody's got to be in there to header that ball away and it just bounces over them. And if I know Booth is in or whatever the hell the boy's name's in, uh, but aye, it comes down to defence. It comes down to that lack of experience. You put a, a Julian or a Starfelt in there, and they'll have that experience to maybe get it away. But you you can't rely on Dane Murray. No offence to the guy, he's quite a good player, but he's not got the experience to deal with that. And yeah, as you say, hope, I, yeah. Aye, and then you hope Scott Bain or maybe he'll save it, and it just it doesn't even really look at it. He just kind of pulls his arms away and just falls to the ground. And, they're yeah. celebrating and shambles. Scott Bain and Saver often don't go in the same sentence, let's be honest. Oh. But, um, yeah, as you say, I don't want to put too much stick on Dane Murray because I think he did, for the most part, have a very good game because the circumstances. Just, he, he, I, I don't know why he's not tight to Mabil. Uh, he just seems totally free and, of course, the header goes in. So that's one each. And from there, we just we looked knackered. We, we never looked where we were getting back into it. I think from that from the equaliser, I can't think of a, a clear cut chance we really had. Um, so right seemed on the wall. Uh, one each full time. Go to extra time, and straight away uh, on Yadika, who Michelin brought on in the second half, totally changed the game. Uh, since he came on, uh, he scores ninety fourth minute. If there was, <laughs> if it didn't look good then, it really didn't look good now, and the game was pretty much done. Um, 
I don't think Lee Rice is a, a shot in all of extra time. Just not great. Um, I'll just open this up to everyone. When this goal went in, was there any hope left or did we all just sort of accept that this wasn't going to happen for us this year? We we looked knackered pretty much from when Mitchell and equalised. We looked knackered for about 65, 70 minutes. So going into extra time, I thought, well, if we couldn't see out the second half, there's no way we're going to see this out. Because we already look, yeah. they already look like the heads are gone. I don't know if it's a mentality issue, but as soon as, as soon as both Mitchell and goals went in, it was just like the heads just dropped, and it was like we couldn't really pick ourselves up again. Um, yeah. And that, in terms of that defense, it probably is an age thing because there is no experience. Heading Stephen Welsh is the most experienced guy in that defense, or maybe Greg <laughs> Taylor. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no one really. I mean. It's, I suppose it's Callum McGregor's job, but he's not playing at the back to kind of get them going again. But it's just, especially from a defence point of view, there's a real lack of leadership there as a result of the average age being so low. Um, and when Anthony Ralston is one of the better players in that back line, as I thought he probably was last night, really. <laughs> I'd argue he know. was man of the match last night, as mental Me as that too. is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd be saying. Yep. But, what but yeah. The... One of the issues that I think Celtic face right now is I feel as if you need a leader in sort of each stage of the park, so in defence and midfield and up front. We don't have one up front and we most certainly in that fucking back four that we played last night do not have a leader in that back four or in goals. I'd, I honestly highly doubt any of those players spoke a word to each other that full 120 minutes. And that's oh. We just like beating. We looked beaten. Uh, not even when they went to and up, just from the equaliser, as I said. We, just, we didn't look like we were getting back into it. And in terms of the fitness levels, this is probably going to be the first and hopefully the last time I ever bring this man's name up on this podcast. But I, I, I know he's long gone. I think some of the blame when it comes to fitness has to rest on Neil Lennon because you saw how unfit we were last season. And that's not, we're not going to fix that in a couple of months. And just no matter what he does, we're not going to fix the fitness of this club in that short amount of time. And yeah, we just looked totally knackered. Uh, the standards totally chalked when when Lennon came in. But look, he's gone now. Um, really, this game's gone now. We just need to move on, I suppose. It's not it's not ideal, but look, we still have a chance for European football. Uh, we face uh, Czech side Jablonek. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, Jabonek, uh, we'll go with that. A tie we probably should be winning, but with, with this club uh, in the status in right now, you really don't know. So, I'll, again, I'll just open up to everyone, um, and maybe we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Do you think uh, we will get into Europa this season? Do you think we may have dropped to the Conference League? Or, again, darkest timeline, we don't qualify for anything at all. I just want to touch on what you said a minute ago there about Neil Lennon. I'd honestly love to know what that man was doing in training because he didn't believe in ta- he didn't believe in tactics. So what was he teaching them? What was he trying to get them to do? And they were so incredibly unfit. I genuinely reckon they were all just sitting playing on fucking Gordon Strachan's iPad. To be quite I honest, I love that. I do like the Ange You see yeah, the Ange Mike Tuck. Get that for Lennon. Get that for Lennon. Yeah. That would have been. Top tier entertainment. I'd have bought ourselves the Patreon for that. go. Exactly. That's <laughs> pretty much what it was. Fucking an actual manager. It's like, it's not. And then, I mean, so you'd have Neil Lennon sitting uh, on the side, chewing his snus, 
shouting at everything I sorrow for absolutely no reason. And then <laughs> John Kennedy, totally silent, just sort of standing there, knowing his time's going to come eventually. And Gavin Strachan sitting on fucking mini clip. So it's just all last season. And I can't believe we're already talking about last season on this show. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it really was uh, top tier entertainment. Uh, yeah. Uh, he criticised the fitness levels, and then Andrew's done the same. So it's like he's, look, Neil Lennon is the walk stamina. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I don't get sued. Uh, oh, I just go for it, mate. We're, we're not going to survive two episodes anyway. Shambole. I mean, Ryan called him Hitler last year, so. Uh, yeah. Shambole, excuse of a manager, like. He didn't believe in tactics, he didn't believe in fitness. So it's not even a surprise that we're, we're, we're not even, we would even last, as soon as we hit 60 minutes last season, we were done for. So how we managed to survive 120 last night is beyond me. I think you say survive 120, I wouldn't, I'd free crawled. I just feel bad for Andrew, man. Like he's been putting job to one, one of the most shambolic Celtic squad that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And it's no fault of his own. It's yep. shall not be named. <laughs> Which will make it even more funny when Ange eventually walks and we bring in Neil Lennon for his third term. Yeah, but, ah well. Um, now, Project see Canada. Ya. I take, don't know who I take it. <laughs> Nobody, remember when Gordon Strachan was going about director of football? He always gave me that sort of class. Knew something, you know what I mean? <laughs> Be Martin O'Neill and Roy Kane with Gordon Strachan above them. Oh my, that's a Dermot Desmond dream right there. Um, <laughs> I'd, take, I'd take Strachan before I took Dermot on transfers. Let's just say that. Aye, but ideally you don't take it. But aye, so full time, Mitchell in two, Celtic one, finishes three two, and I get Celtic are out of the Champions League for the fourth year running. Just to, just to touch on that sentence, really. IEK Athens knocks out, Cluj knocked us out, Finch Varos knocked us out, and now Mitchelland have knocked us out. It just seems to get worse and worse. And when you think the safety board, okay, they have to learn a lesson this year, we seem to come into every game, every year, more unprepared than the last. How does that work? What do, I'll go to you, James. What do you think is going on with the board, with Dermot Desmond and what used to be Peter Lowell? Every year, 40 million is up for grabs. We've we've lost in the last four years 160 million because we've not qualified for the Champions League. That's just shambolic. So, James, what do you think's going on with the board there? I tell you, I tell you what. When you spend three months completely planning everything around one man coming in, who then pulls the plug on you at the last minute and doesn't come in, you have to go on to Plan B. When you've had everything surrounding the structure all planned out, oh, Eddie Howe will bring his own guys in. Eddie Howe's going to sort everything, and the last minute you go, oh fuck. He's not coming anymore. We okay. Well, <laughs> well, Plan B's Ange. We'll get him in. Um, stru- structure transfers off. Just let Ange and Domikai do it. It'll be fine. And then you end up in a position where we're hurtling towards qualifiers, where you, you've got Dane Murray and Stephen Welsh at the back. Um, the signs we have brought in. I'm sure that Kyogo, Firhashi, uh, Carl Starfelt, and Leila Bada. I think they're all three very good signings, but it's not enough. Um, and even if you know we're not, we're in a position where we're playing Scott Bain. In goal, purely, yeah. purely because once again we've not prepared because we based everything around. We knew that we knew that Rangers were going to win the league from probably around November, but real, really probably sort of January. We knew it was going to happen. 
after we lost to Ibrox. We knew there's no fight back at all. We had a good six months there to plan everything for this season to make sure we got this rebuild right. We kept Neil Lennon in for far too long and then we went completely off Eddie Howe's word that he was definitely going to come in and just based everything on that. And then when that didn't happen, we've just been thrown into complete disarray. And now I'm worried going into the season. I just feel really sorry for Ange because the narrative in the media was that the Celtic job was too big for Ange. I think, honestly... I think I think he's too big for us at this point. In terms of the way we're currently being run, he looks he's very careful in terms of the way he cho- chooses his words, but he looks baffled half the time as to how like we're in this position. And the yep. people around him don't seem to actually realise how bad it is. Yep. Celtic right now, uh, in twenty twenty one, are a Champions League sized club bordering on a Europa League squad, if that, with a Sunday league board. Uh, how we've got to this stage completely baffles me. You mentioned that we knew the league was done in November. Honestly, I'd argue, and you might say, okay, it's a bit too early. The 2-0 in October when Rangers beat us, that was when I was like, we've got no chance here. Unless Lennon goes rapid, which there was no danger of that happening. So, you talk about that and how we feel to prepare. Right back is position that really stands out for me there. We sold Jeremy Frimpong to Leverkusen. Okay, great. 12 million or whatever it was. Great. We bring on bring in John Joe Kenny in January when the league's already gone, just alone to get us over the line. All right, fine. Kenny ended up being a ranked footballer, but oh well, the league, the league was gone. Why in these six months were we not looking at another right back to come in, getting a deal over the line already, instead of just oh, well that seems a bit straight, isn't it? Let Eddie Howe handle, handle everything when he comes in and yeah, bring in fucking Adam Smith. Like, what, what, what were we wanting there? I, I, it, how, the, how, the, how the fuck did this board ever attract Brendan Rodgers? That's what I want to know. <laughs> he was a lifelong Celtic fan, James. Forget that. Uh, he met mm. Tom Burns somewhere or something. Um, <laughs> but aye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, we, could do a, we could do a podcast just on Brendan Rodgers' stories, uh, honestly. Honestly, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, yeah. Someone actually came up to me in the car earlier in a Rangers top and... Um, oh. Yeah, he, yeah, he stopped. He said, I just really wanted to thank you for starting a podcast on Scottish football. You've been a breath of fresh air up here. Oh, brilliant. I got home and Danny McGreen was just stood in his ordinary clothes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, again, I've already done another podcast, but, you know, it's about the great Tommy Burns. <laughs> it said to me, Aaron, you need to start a specific podcast and I'm not going to let him down. Legend. Anyway, back to this shit show. Um, Champions League's done. Europa League's <laughs> hopeful. Hopefully, call if Europa League. We don't know. Even the uh, if we beat Jablonek, we have to win another qualifier, and we could play teams such as uh, AZ Alkmaar and Fenerbahce. I'm not confident beating them. So, no. honestly, I think there's a very good chance we play in the Conference League this season. If we yeah. play in the Conference League this season, I'm probably just going to cry. Like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> I, think I, I think I will. It's just a bit it's pathetic. Like, that's how let's, far we've dropped. Let's just quickly throw this out. Uh, just theoretically, say we are in the Conference, conference League this season. Where would you want to finish in the Conference League? What, what do you think would be acceptable if we were to get in the Conference League? Because um, I think the only main teams I've got, like Roma, uh, Tottenham, I know Union Berlin are in there. Fuck that's all I can, like, you're right. 
you'd have to be looking at the latter stages of that in terms of the quality. I mean, obviously, like Roma and Tottenham, but you'd have to. In terms of the rest of the teams, in in terms of the rest of the teams in there, even with the state we're in at the minute, we should be able to get out of group and go relatively far in that tournament. If Aberdeen are beating Conference League teams five one, you'd hope that we we do well. But the bad thing is, I don't think we would. I think we'd probably should get out of our group. That's how bad it at this stage. Unless uh, there's a big overhaul for the rest of the window, we'd struggle. But anyway, I really don't want to talk about <laughs> selfie beating the conference league yet. So we'll save that from when we inevitably are. Um, just to finish up on the game before I go into the, the Twitter questions, we're going to do a Hearts preview tomorrow. So I don't want to really talk too much about it, but. Where what do you think this result means for the Hearts game? Where do you think our morale is going to be? How do you think we're going to set up? Like, because I personally think Hearts are going to be loving this. I think Hearts will be right up for this. Exactly. This this is what Hearts will be looking at now. Hearts will be like, right, they've just lost that game. Their entire fan base is just raging. The they're just raging at everything to do about the club. Latest performances have been terrible. The board are just a bunch of wanks and basically. <laughs> We can take advantage of this. We can just go ahead and try and beat this Celtic team because it's beatable. No matter who's on the park, it's beatable. Like, yeah, we play all our best. Our best players are so-called best players. They could still go on the park, play as a team, and actually defend and attack as a team, and they'd win the game. That's all you have to do against Celtic. Which is we should we should not be worried about. Going into a game at Hearts or a season opener against Hearts and be worried about fucking Andy Halliday putting us in the mud. We, like, we should we should have been sitting here speaking about will we see like fringe players coming into the team to give the players a, a rest and stuff like that because of the game on Thursday, or even talking about having fringe players playing on Thursday and winning the game and going through. Not sitting here going, we had our best team out and lost to fucking Mitchelland, who had Sviatchenko at the back, who's about fucking forty three. <laughs> yeah, if I to turn the circle of a fucking truck. Um, but oh, like, I'm looking. He was, sorry, he was just he was just a Danish Shane Duffy, wasn't he? I mean, he was a lot better than fucking Shane Duffy. We'll, we'll, we'll give that to him. But he wasn't great. Some people tried to act to go He wasn't great, and he's just absolutely smacked us about there. But we, well. we need we need so many players. What we do, we we need so many players to come in. And it just needs to change, and it needs to happen yesterday. Like it has to happen so soon, or we are going to be in so much trouble when this season starts. Yeah, I know. Um, and we have got a, a Twitter question, sort of referencing that. So we'll move on to them just now. Uh, of course, if you want to submit any questions on Twitter for the next episode, just follow at Celtic by the Hour. Uh, we're relatively active on there anyway. Get tweet notifications on. Give us a follow. You won't regret it. I hope. Yeah, you get occasional sh- occasional shit posts about Ange Postecoglou in the wolf tones. So. Yeah, and uh, we're Kerry Fails' favourite account. Now. Yeah, Dude, that's great. Um, <laughs> free promotion. There's going to be more Rangers fans watching this than Celtic fans. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh well, that was some laugh last night. About what? thirty-three old Rangers men started arguing with me because I asked for them for a prediction against Malmo and they couldn't give me it. I don't think half of them knew that they were fucking playing Malmo. <laughs> One guy went, "No, sorry, I'm too busy laughing." I was like, "So you're too busy laughing to predict your own team? Like, why are you tweeting about Celtic? You're fucking gammon." I don't really like thinking about Malmo after what they did to us. So, for me, 
Can it? Right. To be fair, there was one guy that came back and he actually gave like a good few structured answers about it, and he actually wasn't like he obviously didn't have his big fucking Union Jack glasses on and stuff like that. So he actually saw a bit of clarity when he came out talking about a different team that could be playing Rangers, which was actually quite nice to see. To be honest, so hats off to Rangers Bear underscore fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> no, something you, something you got a great pals with. Dell and fucking JB, mate. Anyway. Couldn't believe it last night. I was like, I'll just reply to this guy because his last five tweets have been about Celtic and he's an apparent Rangers fan. <laughs> anyway. It's called Kid and Wee Guy about fucking 20 times and all. Uh, I mean, I saw someday, I was watching the, the Mitchell highlights on YouTube earlier. Uh, I don't know if you saw what, uh, my tweet for it. Went oh, to the comments. Oh, that should be a laugh. I have his name. I think it was Pedro Poste. Where did Terry Mon- Monroe go? Something like that. It rolls off the tongue, isn't it? It rolls off the tongue. It's a, a brilliant piece of power. Um, but I, I mean, if, this is just great. A great way for us to get promoted on Carafield again. So good work by all. Anyway. Rangers, anyone got Rangers, Rangers and Celtic does, to be fair, some of the most fascinating people on the planet. I mean, like <sighs> genuinely. Yeah, but as the season goes on, I'm washing into one. I, I will bring back Martin O'Neill at this point. You just need to defend someone. And I've, I've started to join sort of the Celtic dads when it comes to Edward a wee bit, man. The guy genuinely... Ah, yeah, I mean, last night... <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it looks as if he's down the pitch. He'd actually be better just having his phone in his hand, like, I don't know, Snapchatting birds or something. I don't know what he does in his spare time, but he's actually just walking more about. Well, you know, he did that and he let Jock Stain down. So. Yeah, so I wonder who fucking Edward's. Oh my down. God, I forgot about that. Fucking hell. <laughs> Edward must be letting Jock Stain didn't die for this. I mean, I think it was Evan McFarlane tweeted uh, Austin Edwards' performance last night was like when you're working 4pm on a Friday. He just, he just couldn't. Aye, <laughs> 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 uh, but, but yeah, I might, I might join some Celtic Facebook groups. That, that'll that get me sorted for the season, get me a lot of content. I was in an old man's pub round uh, the corner from Parkhead oh, before the before the West Ham game and honestly see some of the stuff you hear I had heard several old men saying we should just rip up Julian's contract because he's injured <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like what the fuck are you talking about yeah, it's just not even the first time I've heard that, Mate, that literally the, the guy went what he slid into a post I was like I'd like to see you slide into a post you'd probably fucking die <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at him and I'm like what what the fuck are you talking about? The guy's fucking done his leg in and you're just like, yeah, rip up his contract. I thought the dads were meant to like pure passion merchants as well. Julian is the definition of a passion merchant. Exactly. So um, Julian's a leader we're missing at the back. He's also not Scottish or Irish that, though. So. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. He's, not, <laughs> he's not white and has French, a skinhead. So. <laughs> I was kind of better getting a skinhead. He's overdue that. What was what was that tweet about Aaron that 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 guy put up like about balling goalie was like oh when balling goalie went on his holiday the um the rest of his wee pals and then just listed like 
Oh uh, my long. god, I, I left it. No, it was, it was like all his French players. Belgian, right? Talking about uh, Aye, all his that's it. Pals. Um, so he lists Julian. All right, I, I, uh, I think like, he listed yes. uh, Edward and Cham. Okay, the, the usual Frimpong, big French Frimpong. He came up. <laughs> um, he's Dutch, he's Dutch, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's Dutch, me. Aye. Yeah, he's Dutch. I mean, I, I do <laughs> feel like I'm here to know that I've taught you English. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> we've went a bit off topic here, it's fair to say. So let, let's go into Twitter questions. Uh, we'll start with Shay, who asked two questions. First of all, what more do you think we need signing-wise? Oh, uh, God. Your team fucking every, fucking um, everywhere. 12,000 FIFA points and open some packs, mate, because this is it's not going well. Um, I'd say a goalkeeper, two right-backs, at least one more centre half, one or two left backs, not half a left back like some people were saying last night. Um, one more home midfielder, um, another left winger, and maybe another striker. That's seven seven positions and about ten players. I'd, I'd add to that. How long have we got again? How long have we got for these ten players to come in? Because I agree with you. A month. Right. Pretty much a month. Fucking hell. I'd, I'd honestly go a step further and say I think we need two strikers and just sell Edward. Like, I don't care yeah, what we sell him for. The, the reason I say one striker is because Furuhashi can play striker. Oh, well, so I've yeah, seen Furuhashi, Ajeti and someone that. else. And we need a winger then. If Furuhashi's playing a striker, we're looking at having another winner, winger in there because you're not just going to rely on Mikey Johnston. Yeah, as much as I'd love to. That's why I'm saying another left winger. <laughs> like, a, a left winger. Right. Like, like, Furuhashi, Abada... And Loverich went to the Champions League. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that over the line, McKay, and I'd be a, a big fan of that. But yeah, does anyone have any other advances, any other positions we need to go? Shutting, we need to talk about, which no one's mentioned, a Yeti. We, we yeah. shoved him on. Did anyone actually see him kick a ball? No, like, but I, I, I didn't get it in their half because we chucked it. That was a whole team just chucked it, I think. Um, that's honestly like I don't even understand like why we why he done that. He just jumps up and elbows him and you're like, you know, any sort of contact are gonna go down and he just goes, I'm just gonna fling my full body weight into this lad and just he's just gonna go down and we could give away the free kick. I know, and I had a very high hopes for Jetty after pre season. Um he was good in pre-season, but... Right, because he must have been eating grenade bars or something like that all the time when he was no fucking sell it because he came back buffer than somebody that hits the gym at 24-7. But, I don't know, man. It's just, I won't give him time. I don't think he should be a starting striker. Even if we did cost, spend £5 million on him, I just I don't think he's good enough for that. But yeah, uh, both- she's... I'm oh, sorry. Didn't we both say a couple of weeks ago he was going to come fully hit 25 goals this season, or at least I did? I said that last season, mate. He was, he was the person I put in my fantasy team last season. That went well. Right, so, off, the back of she- right off the back of Sheffield Wednesday, I was like, right, he's hitting 20 at least right. this season. Like, I know. If he's going, but... Oh. but I also thought William Shaw was going to be our best midfielder after that, so... Yeah, and then we've got we've got the rawest centre half in the in the world. Oh, apparently. oh Vince McMahon's trying to sign him, man. It's a joke. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't think you can tweet like tweet about him without saying that he's raw. But you must just type it, and your phone just auto corrects the word raw right next to his name. 
I know that's the, that was a Kamala issue, and then you're just like, when does Raw turn into shit? You know what I mean? Like, well, he's doing well now, isn't he? Is he? Is he? Oh, I come out. I think he scored for Red Bull. Oh, yeah, but it's more than well. Yeah, so oh, I mean, true. But yeah. But so yeah. Uh, Madden fans loved him. See, Madden fans loved. Uh, Lewis Morgan. No, I didn't help. We tried to play him up front. Was it not the League Cup final against Rangers? We played. I started. I started up top. Oh, again, yeah. I went to class. That was the <laughs> that was the point where Lennon kept playing Johnston and Morgan up front. I know. Points. Johnston up front. Those men. Um. Why? How you look at Mikey Johnston and think striker is? We went beyond. to Ibrox with Mikey Johnston up front. Oh, like when Ibrox. Lennon was still interim. That was the two 0 game, I think. Yeah. I mean, when they beat the, uh, the, the first old firm they'd won a while under Jeddah, the first one, they played him up front and then beat him flashbacks to him. It was, it was just, I don't know if he played or not, I just can't remember him being on the pitch, but he was up, he was on the start lineup. He was gone for about 90 minutes. Right, right. Uh, it's your second question. Uh, do you think we'll get any silverware this season? It's just, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I, um, <laughs> with this squad, the squad depth, are we going to have a good run in the Cups? Because we're going to be playing the strongest team in the Cups, which could go our way. Um, I'd argue that if St Johnston can get a Cup double, then we shouldn't be saying the Cups is something that we can't achieve. Aye, um, but you'll get St Johnston defence and then ours. Aye. None um, of our defence would get into a St Johnston team. I'm sorry, our fit defence yeah. right now. That's it. Honestly, I, look um, at Jason Kerr, I look at Jason Kerr and I think I'd take him at Celtic comfortably. I look at Sean Rooney, I look at fucking... Yeah, MD that back line. I take, I take MD right now. I take fucking Hamonaki's defender at this point. It's mental. Um, but uh, in terms of actually getting silverware, I don't want to put my neck out. I mean, for all we know, Paul Galway wins the quadruple this season. Who knows? But like, we're realistically throwing not happening. It'd be I'm nice just, to win a cup. I'm just going to come out and say, man, I, I think we'll win something. I think, I think change is going to happen. Uh, because I think Postecoglou is going to make it happen. I just think he's just going to go at the board. I think there's going to be a point where he's just going to have to just go and say to them. And I, I think it might be, might not be right now, but it might be in like a, a week's time or something like that if he's still not got the signings in and we've struggled to beat Hearts. We've had a difficult game against Hearts and we're going into the Dundee game and we've still not had any changes. Yep. I mean, uh, and the last thing you want to happen there is Desmond just says, all right, and then get rid of him. To be fair, right, can you imagine Ange being angry with you? Like, I can't imagine. Oh, I'd give him anything he wants. <laughs> Literally, like, I, can, I can't imagine that man being fuming with you. You just fucking agree with him. I feel so, I feel so sorry for him. You can just you can just tell that he's just walked into something without knowing how bad it actually is. Um, I know. It seems like a total rebuild manager. It seems like he did know there's a yeah. hard job here, but I mean, this is just yeah, I don't think he took into account the board and what they were going to give him. So, do you think the board liked him? Like, same what? Like, do you think they could like they're like, oh yeah, we'll give you all this. All this money, and we'll, we'll really back you here, and we're going to do this and that for you, and we're looking to make change in the club. And then, like they've just not done it because he actually seems like I don't. You obviously can't. I don't think you can look physically see it, but I think the, by the way he comes across and the way he speaks in it, I think you can tell that he's really annoyed at the board. Yeah, he's, he brings it up in every interview. It seems yeah. 
Like, do you not think there's like something there? I, I don't know. I just there's something funny about it to me. I feel as if like he just for him to not really be here that long. Yeah, he's already calling out the board. Something like several managers have never really done, and he's just yeah. came in and he's now doing it from the off, like the like from the, the get go. I mean, I'm not sure they'd have lied to him, but he might have expected a lot more signings than he's getting and a lot more money than he's getting. But where is it in verbally? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not Ange Postecoglou and I'm not Dermot Desmond and I'm not Don McKay. So I, I don't know. But I don't think we'd have lied to him because that's just never going to go in our favour. But who knows? Um, so next question. Uh, Martin asks... How far behind Rangers are we realistically? So um, far behind. Like, yeah. I'm going to try and just answer this straight away. We are so, so far behind them as a team now. Yeah. Like, what is, yeah. And I'm going to give Kerry Phil so much content here, but I, I'm about to shoot on your <laughs> club, if you don't mind. How we let this slip from when... Rangers were in League Two, League One, the Championship. We should have been. We should have got fifty-five for Rangers. I'm sorry, that is, that is the truth. We should have got fifty-five before them, and we fucked it. We sat about uh, acting like we were entitled to win everything. We had a, a world-class manager in Brendan Rodgers. Uh, when he left, we had nothing to do. We had to bring in someone great. The link, the, we were linked with people like Rafa Benitez and Jose Mourinho. Well, are they hurry up left or not? I don't know, but. We brought in Neil Lennon because he knew the city and we thought that was going to be enough to win us 10 in a row. Just because he knew the city. He, he knows where the fucking the Burger King in the town is. Oh, yeah, he's, getting, who cares? getting driving the fucking box. Oh, mate. I don't think I've ever went on a full-scale rant about Celtic and I'm trying to hold it in. But everything about the board in the last couple of years See, when we won the treble treble, when we beat Hearts uh, that night, obviously I was loving it, celebrating everything. About an hour later, the announcement comes out that uh, Neil Lennon's our new permanent manager on a three-year deal, I think it was. <laughs> that I generally didn't want to celebrate anymore. Um, that, any sane, <laughs> but not sane, but like any realistic person could have saw where this was going. Um, and then you see... Uh, like Rangers were, um, they were bringing stuff into their club, uh, getting good scouts in and good fitness regimes in. Where we've got Neil Lennon taking this fucking to the bye, Shane Duffy smoking a fag. Like, <laughs> it's a joke. Neil Lennon and Brown having pints by the, the pool. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you remember that quote about that where it was like, um, we were thoroughly professional for the entire trip, we just had a wee drink in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> like what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, like, what is? Surely he knew what he was saying. Surely that was a parody or something. Like, <laughs> surely, like, oh, we did nothing unprofessional except from having a, a wee drink at this professional football club. Who are twenty points behind at this point? Like, what? What a joke! A, a genuine joke. Um, see if you're a see if you're a Celtic fan and you were like. Oh my God, what a great decision for Neil Lennon to be appointed the permanent Celtic manager in the showers um, after winning the game. And you were sitting there and you were going, wow, that, see that? Oh, Celtic, do you know what, guys? Well done. That's fucking superb. You honestly, <laughs> I want to sit down and I want to chat to you. I want to interview you now. But I actually want to know what the fuck I was going on. fucking mental asylum you're currently sitting in. I'm like, <laughs> 
the man chews snuzz as if it's chewing gum. You, <laughs> I don't think things are connected in his head. Uh, you know I, I, I they all these massive names like Rafa Benitez and everything. And people were going, oh, we should get Lennon at you. Like, you were having a laugh here. Like, we could have got Rafa Benitez two million pounds. Right, even the thing about Benita is like we sniffed the likes of David Moyes two years oh, ago, and you look yeah. at where he is now. Like I had a com- I didn't really want to just be in six now. <laughs> I, exa- I, exactly. Like we we looked at that in the time and thought, oh, we should be aiming higher than David Moyes. And then, but really looking back, I'd fucking much rather he got the job than Neil Moyes, Lennon. Which Moyes is still was a one or ten narrow. Moyes was a one or ten narrow. Oh, comfortably. Yeah. Hi. I won't lie to you. I reckon I would have run, won his 10 right. in a row. Anybody but <laughs> Neil Lennon. Anybody but Neil Lennon would have won his 10 in a row. Dropping struck his David Moy should have been fucking 10 above his head. Generally, not in my it's even more annoying when uh, Law said himself he threw out any CV that he was given uh, just to get in the job. How were you qualified? And how did you feel about it? He had something like over 40 CVs that he just threw in the bin. Yeah. He just thrown away fucking God, Davy CV. Not a chance. Threw him away. Oh, Big Rafa. Not a chance. Neil. Did he sack for that in any other occupation? I don't know. He was still here. He was when he left. Um, but aye. How far behind are we for Rangers? Not learned anything from that rant then. We had an entire we had an entire decade after they went bust to like ten of the row shouldn't have even been a question. It should have just been done. Because after yeah. they we had an entire decade to prepare ourselves for this and make sure that we were completely on another level to them and we were and we fucked you, it. And we fucked it and people people could see it coming. Sorry. You you saw the don't sleep at the wheel banner. It's not like nobody you know this whole unmitigated thing from Lennon last season. People could see this coming because we were because we were sleeping at the wheel and we weren't taking it seriously. And there was a tweet earlier about somebody who spoke to Lowell. I think it was about two or three years ago, um, and mentioned something about Rangers getting better. And he said something like, "Ah, why are you worried about them?" And it just sums up the entire attitude. Like as long as we're one point ahead of them, nothing else matters. <sighs> I, I know it's a joke. Um... See how like when you like you and your mates go to the shop and like you wait outside and your mate goes inside. That's literally what we done. We just waited for Rangers. We just waited for them to come back because people felt as if like, oh, Scottish football isn't good unless Celtic and Rangers are in the same league. I don't give a fuck. I'm a Celtic fan. I want Celtic to win everything they can. Just go and do that. Especially when Rangers aren't in the league. We are in the best position to just go and win everything we could have. And then they just yeah. come back and then will we give them like what, a year, two years? And they have the title again, and you're just sitting there like. And we are sitting there. Our border, I mean, not so much now, but Wall and Desmond are trying to, to turn one half of the support against another half of the support, like the Green Brigade. The, the board hate them. Because the Green Brigade they, are right about everything. They speak the truth. Yeah. But they've managed to get a good section of uh, Celtic fans to dislike them. Just we because. We're entitled, we entitled now. Exactly. And they look where we are. So the fact that it's a decade on that we're the shit run club, who'd have thought that? I know. Like, uh, we're we're this we want all fucking... in the van now. It's us. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, move on from this question because I'm I'm gonna 
spontaneously combust. Um, <laughs> Aiden asks, uh, "Are Rangers a Finnish football club?" Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> de- I mean, they're dead, so. Ah, yeah, I know. Just get a few of the dars on side. Aye, but <laughs> get that. Fuck it. At the end of the episode, we'll sing ice cream and jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends which Rangers you're talking about. If you're talking about the one that exists now, then definitely no. But the one from ten years ago, I. If we make it through this podcast, we're getting clipped and put on care. I feel I'll be oh, shot. Right. <laughs> How class is it going to be when we get asked to one of those fan media things, and then I get barred because I'm just fucking screaming at people. <laughs> Right, right. Ange, listen, don't do what Tony Mowbray did. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about over that, man. Right. Anyway, uh, anything that goes wrong this season is Tony Mowbray's fault. Right. Mr. Bluestock, who is a Rangers fan, oh, um, there we came go. from that Kerryfield retweet. Can Celtic beat Aberdeen and Hibs to second place? I fucking hope so. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That's right, no. Like, see, the thing is, as well, that's obviously a piss take question, right? But I'm actually yeah. sitting there going, oh. Aye. See, no, last no. season, Aye, Aberdeen and Hibs both went through really bad spells. See if they didn't and they were consistent. Oh, I don't think we would have finished second. We were that. We were How that bad. Shit are we? Oh. oh, my God. I think we will be better this season. It won't be a big 25 point gap, touch wood. Um, but we've still got the barbershop quartet of a back four that we've got, then we're fucked. That's just saying, I mean, I'll still, still at this club by the end of the season. Brett Clear, an absolute Brett Clear, that's how he is. Well, he went to Boston and he was shite. Right. <laughs> so, why are we playing him in the championship? He's really getting the most championship clubs, so why the hell? Our back four isn't his championship quality, I'd say. Um, but, oh well. Uh, Ryan Simons asks, "Who's your favourite Celtic YouTuber?" I mean, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd personally have to go with Ryan One One Nine, Ryan McGinley. Ryan McGinley, got to be the cool bridge connection. <laughs> Ryan One One Eight character, but he's specky as fuck. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say a second channel, Ryan, Ryan Fitzsimons. Just for, just for the Premier League and Bundesliga content. I'd go for Ryan McGinley. He done an interview for my dissertation, so for Actual. Aye. Aye, done. Okay. Done it. Good guy, so yes. Yeah, he is. Uh and finally, uh, Spunk Phone asking the, the hardest question of them all. Uh, do you like Kelly Williams? Yes, and you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I think I like Kelly Williams more than Spunk Phone likes Haley Williams. He, he, Spunk Phone has turned his back on Haley Williams a good few times now. Whereas I'm Paramore Oil. I am Paramore. I'm going to come out and say something wild here. I actually have not a fucking clue who Hayley Williams is. I mean... Apart from the fact that I see him tweet about her all the time. Spunk phone away. Hayley Williams, one of the best musicians of our generation. Truly one of the greats. And it's been in hard times. But that'll do it uh, for this episode. Uh, tune in tomorrow where uh, we will have a Hearts preview, which should be a, a barrel of laughs um, and disappointment. And then on Sunday, we'll do a Here After Hearts review, which will be even worse. Uh, but for now, 
If you're not already, uh, make sure go follow the podcast on Twitter uh, at Celtic by the Hour. Again, very active on there. Uh, should like it. Uh, and for now, uh, we'll see you tomorrow.